Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Be a Beacon podcast. I hope you've been hanging in there. I was hoping that by now we would be out of quarantine. And I know many of you are, but for me, I'm still keeping my ass in the house personally. And this is not over. I hope all of you are remaining safe and remaining as healthy as you can and doing the best as you can right now. I am pleased to be back. I wanted to take a moment and continue to thank you all for your support. And I'm grateful and thankful today to have Felton Kaiser. He is an overall visionary. You may have seen his works uh, through various media channels. And I have him on to let you guys know more about his journey and what brought him to today and how he's getting through this pandemic. And hopefully, by the time many of you hear this, this will all be a mem distant memory. But if not, you can learn ways about the pandemic, learn different aspects of the pandemic, or just different ways, you know, of, you know, of creation, you know, through this, this particular episode. So Felton, I just wanted to welcome you. How's everything? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you know, everything is, everything is moving, you know, everything is going. Um, I am really just trying to stay, you know, present um, and focus on being present um, because there is still so much that we do not know. And uh, I am really trying not to stress out because of the things that I do not know. How are you doing? You know, I'm doing okay. Um, many people know I am, I, I am immunocompromised and, you know, so I happen to stand in the house, staying healthy, but I will say for me that during this time, it has been a period of awakening, a period of rest and creation. It was like the, this has been a time for me, thankfully, that I've discovered the rest I never knew I needed. Um, so for me, um, I'm, I'm completely blessed considering the circumstances. And um, as far as you, have you found that during this time you, you've been more creative or you've had more things, you know, more things to come to mind as for your future, for your current and future projects? You know, I, you know, I actually, so I'm not as busy as I used to be. However, I do feel a deeper connection, you know, to the work that I'm producing now. A big part of that is a lot of intentionality behind it. Um, uh, right. And also, you know, like I, I'm not just twirling around the city of Chicago or New York or New Orleans, right? It's like I am sitting still, you know, in yes. Chicago, focusing on, you know, whatever is in front of me. And, and if nothing is in front of me, you know, I'm not just running around, you know, running around cities, you know, like with my wolves, right? So there is this level of intentionality. So it seems like, and, and it's interesting because I know my workload, it's not as much as it used to be, but it seems like I'm doing so much more work. And I do think that's because of just all the intentionality and the planning that has to go into producing work and content these days. 
Well, I, I hear you and I, I definitely uh, hear you completely. And it's, it's like what you said, it's definitely been a time to develop a deeper connection. I think a lot of us have developed more of an intention, you know, hopefully, you know, through all of this is not only with the pandemic, but also with the Black Lives Matter movement, with everyone advocating right now, with everyone really pushing activism. And many people are, are involved in the movement for the first time um, that, they, you know, more than they ever have in their entire lives. So this, you know, this has definitely been a period of awakening. And, you know, so but let's first, let's take it back. Um, you, you, how long have you been, you know, doing your, your creative outlets? Wow. Wow. We are going back. Yeah. So I always love to tell the, like, I, I always have to tell the story um, uh, of when I fell in love with ceramics. And uh, that was back in uh, 2007. No, it was 2008. It was like springtime of 2008. My family has just, had just moved back from uh, um, San Antonio. And I was looking for something to do with school. And I found out about, you know, ceramics. I don't, I don't even know what it was. But I was like, mom, like, what is this thing? And she was like, oh, it's like pottery. It's like, you know, like <laughs> making bowls and stuff. And I was like, sure, I want to make bowls. So why not? <laughs> right. And uh, yeah, it was just an after school program. And I absolutely fell in love with it. And that summer, I got a job, you know, at the High Park Art Center. And I was able to, uh, you know, so I got a job there, you know, working with like the camp kids. And, you know, like they had a pottery moment, you know, throughout their day. And then also took my first adult ceramics class, which was really interesting. Um, uh, and I fell in love with it. So that was, wow, that was so long ago. That was, yeah, that was back in 2008. That was the beginning. And then in high school, I um, became, I became my school's photographer. So that was like 2000, you know, about a year later. And then I ended up running my school's yearbook, you know, by the time, what, my sophomore year in high school. And then I was deemed as the school photographer, you know, like late 2010. So it was, it's been a crazy, beautiful journey of creation. Wonderful, wonderful. You're giving me flashbacks still when I took a ceramics class in high school and I, I enjoyed like I just I enjoyed really making, you know, things, even though sometimes my, my, my teacher would accuse me of creating bongs, even though that wasn't the intention at, at all. But, you know, I just I remember just the feel of it and, you know, just, and, you know, minimizing and maximizing, you know, a ball of clay into, into something, you know, I, and like, you know, I, I had a thing with these cereal bowls. So I, I, to this day, I still love cereal and I'm like, I'm going to make cereal bowls. So I, I definitely, you know, remember, you know, the joy of, you know, ceramics and then just going through that, that entire process. And also, you know, I also noticed you haven't, you all, um, there will be links uh, in there where you can find more information on the, on all of the guests. And I, and I am captivated, everybody, by his photographs, the photos that he takes. It's so much power in 
photography. You can, we capture people at what we consider their best, but then as many photos that show people, I don't want to say at their worst, but I like to say it shows people at their, you know, at their raw estate. And many of the pictures you have, they're not just still, but I can tell that there's a story behind them. Or it just, it, or it seems so quiet. The picture may seem very quiet, but I just can tell this intensity, these, this story behind it. And I definitely wanted to touch on that with what gave you the inspiration, you know, for, you know, you getting into photography and, you know, what are you, what's in your mind when you're taking a picture of, of someone or something? Well, um, uh, thank you. Thank you for such kind words. You know, I when I started photography back in high school, I didn't know what I was doing with it. You know, it was simply, it was like, oh, well, I need something to do after school. You know, like, what can I do, right? And, uh, and I was like, well, your yearbook is looking for photographers. And I was like, I could do that. I was like, sure, why not? You know, like, I have vision. I was like, I see things. <laughs> um, uh, and, uh, and so I was, and then I just started taking, you know, I would receive assignments on what I needed to photograph around school and I would just go do it. And, you know, it became this way for me to, I mean, so being completely honest, you know, holding a camera, you know, became a, a way for me to hide and and at that time that's the only thing that I wanted to do you know I wanted to hide from you know like my peers you know I was dealing with a lot of insecurities mm -hmm. um, uh, in high school but you know being like holding that camera it, it, it was interesting it gave me this gave me this sense of purpose um, I felt very powerful but I also felt invisible at the same time. And, and yeah, and I don't know, like I honestly haven't put down the camera. No, I have put down the camera several times since then. Um, uh, be, because I do find it, it, it is important to, you know, be present, you know, and not just, you know, keep going, you know, on a journey just because you've been going on it for so long. But, Yes, you know, I, I will say that photography is the love of my life. And at times I do need to take breaks from it because I just need to, you know, recalibrate something sometimes and make sure to check in essentially, right? To make sure that like this is what I this is what I still want to do. Um and to make sure that I am doing this for, you know, this reason for this purpose. Wow. And, you know, and that's incredible. And, you know, I wanted to touch on that because many, many, especially many in our community, um, it, the, especially the Black queer community, many of us go into many creative outlets because, you know, we are coming to terms with our sexuality. And, you know, so many of us in the community, you know, haven't, you know, didn't have really positive you know, influences in the community, you know, especially, you know, when you add in sexuality. So you, so when you said this was a way for you to hide, you were dealing with a lot of insecurities, was this tied into your sexuality? And if so, you know, is, that, is this how you continue to integrate, you know, the two, has this been therapeutic for you? 
Yeah, that is a wonderful question. You know, I never thought about the 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 sexuality part of it all um, because I do not. So, I will say that navigating my sexuality wasn't like a really big, you know, like guess like question that I wrestled with in high school. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, and I think a big part of that was just due to the environment that, you know, like my mother, you know, raised me in. Um, it was more so just the fact that I, you know, just struggled with like my weight issues, you know, okay. growing up. Um, uh, and then I had a, I still have a lazy eye, but you know, it was definitely more prominent growing up. And I just, you know, it, I just didn't like how I looked. And uh, I mean, I later developed an eating disorder that I didn't even know that I had until after I got out of high school, you know? Um, uh, but yes, like I did want to be fat. You know, I thought I was fat, right? Even when I developed this eating disorder, I still thought I was fat. And so I, you know, being a photographer, but also being wanted by people, I mean, it, it was a dream come true for me, right? And the right. fact that, you know, I could be wanted by people, but also not really have to, you know, put in much, you know, people just want you to do a thing for them. But I, but then I, I also later realized that they actually don't want me. They want this service that I provide for them, you know, and that's also something that I had to realize as well. It's like, you know, it's like, yeah, I am invited in the room, but only to work. You know, I'm not able to take a seat. You know, I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not a part of the toast, right? I'm documenting the toast. Right. However, you know, I'm not a part of the toast. I'm not being celebrated. I'm like to do a job and to leave. Right. And would you find that to be a theme a lot, especially with what you're doing? And, or did you find that later on you were able, because it looks like, you know, like a lot of us have been doing, um, would you say that you were like the hell with it? I'm just bringing my own table. I'm just going to create my own table. I'm just going to create my own space, you know, because that's what it looks like, you know, especially through what you've, you know, through your, what you've been involved with in your outlets. Yeah, you know, e um, uh, and this happened, you know, a few years after high school, but it wasn't until about my what sophomore year of undergrad, you know, when I created my first publication, where I was like, you know what, I am no longer interested in being a guest. I am no longer interested in being a worker bee. You know, I am no longer interested in waiting in line, you know, to potentially, you know, be accepted into the room, right? Or allowed into the room to then maybe even sit at the table. And I was more so interested in building my own room and less about a table, right? I was like, I'll figure out the table part later. I want my own room, right? Because then I want my own building. Right. Um, and then I want my own, you know, my own block. Right. And then my own little city. Right. And so I, yeah, it's like I thought that, you know, like the whole idea of grabbing a seat at the table 
I, you know, soon realized that that's not actually what I wanted. I didn't want to sit at the table. Right. You know, um, also didn't want to be the person to, you know, to set up the table. Right. I was like, actually, I want an entire room and I want to be able to curate who comes into this room and sit at what table, if it's a table at all. Exactly. It's like after a while, you just want to kick, throw the table out the window <laughs> and everyone just be in the room together. It's like, no, no, you create your seat if that's what you want. Hell, sit on the floor. You know, we're all going to have space in here. <laughs> so on that note, so it seems like for you, it wasn't really like so many people that I've spoken with, not even just, you know, on the podcast, but just in general, there there issues around sexuality it sounds like that was never a like a the, a complete issue uh for you it was more around you know your around weight issues so would you say for you like how was your how was your how was it for you coming out if you you know if you did come out or if you had to have a coming out story yeah you know i think that i and i feel like we as queer folks have to come out every day every time we meet someone new. Um, uh, but uh, thinking about the more traditional family sense, you know, by growing up, you know, it was honestly a very seamless process. <laughs> like <laughs> I was hanging out on the phone with this boy that I had a crush on and my mom was like, so are you dating? Um, she was like, are you dating anyone? Are you dating a boy or a girl? I was like, actually, I'm not dating anybody. And then the <laughs> next day, then the next day we started dating. And I was like, oh, well, I'm actually dating a boy right now. And she was like, okay. And that was it. <laughs> like that Wow. Was, I feel like my coming out story. Um, uh, but yeah, I think that when I think about, you know, I guess like a more air quote, you know, you know, traditional coming out moment, like that's the only thing that comes to mind. But like I said, you know, I feel like every time you meet somebody new, you, you know, have to gather them before they say some these weird microaggressions like so you know who are you dating or blah 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 and you know it, it, it's really interesting but you know I don't really navigate that space these days because I have a well curated group of people who I'm around and uh, I don't know it's like if I, I, I always thought it was weird for you to be in space with people and they just automatically try to figure out who everyone is interested in, you know, romantically or sexually. I'm like, that's weird. Why is that a thing that we are searching for as soon as you meet someone? Does it matter? Do you right. want to have sex with me? If, because if that is the question, let's talk about that, you know, because we can figure it out, right? And so I feel like that's the only reason why I feel like anyone should want to know, you know, who I'm interested in romantically if they're interested in me. And if they're not, then why is it any of your business? No, I, I certainly, I agree with that completely. I'm sitting here snapping. I don't want it to be a weird echo. So I'm, I'm snapping and I'm giving you the snaps in my mind because that is so true. And something else I, I wanted to touch on was you formed, you, you have your own media group now. Um, so I would, you know, like you to just talk more about that to sound like all of this, everything was like a stepping stone for you creating uh, the media group, you know, and it seems like that ties into what you're mentioning about, you know, hell, I don't want to sit at your table. So you just created your own space. Yeah, it, 
you know, when I look back, you know, on my journey, I was like, oh, wait, I've, I've been doing all of these things to lead me to this moment here, you know? And so just really realizing, oh, wait, this is all part of Allah's plan. And that is amazing. And let me just stop freaking out about everything and just stay present, you know? Um, uh, but yeah, so I launched my first publication, ooh, what is this, back in 2014 at this point? Lost my, launched my first publication, Off Kilter Magazine. Um, uh, and since then, we've added um, uh, The Journal by Kaiser Quarterly. We've also added um, Kaiser Quarterly, which is no longer um, in print anymore because we transitioned to the journal, which is our monthly newspaper, which is phenomenal. And everyone should go subscribe to our monthly newspaper. So there will and, be a link below. <laughs> yes. Um, and then most recently, Alphabetical Order, which is our music publication. Um, so, you, you know, it started just one publication and I was just like, hey, we need to do more. We need to add more. We need to dig deeper. And instead of trying to dig deeper within one publication, I was like, no, let's create an extension, right? And so what everything kind of, you know, came to be is just like, okay, great. I need to form a media company, right? And that's, and that's where, you know, Yes Off Kilter um, uh, was kind of birthed from the idea of, you know, being a home for all of these different publications you know, to live under, but also a way for us to generate content for other people and brands. So, you know, like, so I have, a, what, about a team of 15 and a majority of them are writers. And, you know, we have clients who, you know, want and need written content or photography content. And we also provide that on top of, you know, doing, you know, our own work for our own, you know, publications. So it's been a wonderful, wonderful journey. I've been learning so much um, and just honestly growing every day and really trying to figure out, okay, you know, it's like, how do we you know, continue to make all of this make sense? But then also, what else do we want to do, right? So I'll give you a, a preview. Um, we're actually transitioning. So currently, if you go to kaiserquarterly.co, like you will find all of our editorial content, you know, underneath the Kaiser umbrella. So anything very much so lifestyle. So really navigating through fashion, grooming, and very intimate conversations with people and their relationships to, you know, these various things, especially thinking about the idea of design, right? Yes. But so what I'm interested, and I was chatting with my partner about this, you know, Kaylee, you know, she's, um, uh, She's my partner and the director of design for all of the OK Madness, um, OK short for Off Kilter. And I was chatting with her and I was like, I actually really want to pivot Kaiser, you know, and get rid of the limitations of a quarterly thing and just navigate as a design studio to do more design collaborations with people and brands. Because I think that when we really think about design, it is very unapproachable. Right. You know, like design anywhere from like interior design, architectural design, fashion design. I think the word of design is so vast. Yes. However, we do not know about it. 
and I really want to navigate like I really just want to generate casual conversation with people about design and and it's really interesting because it's been something I've been thinking about for such a long time and I was like oh well how am I going to fit this into this thing or do I need to start a brand new thing and I was like I'm tired of starting <laughs> I'm tired of starting new Instagram accounts so to be honest <laughs> I am exhausted I have way too many that I've managed and so I'm really tired of that. I'm really, really, really tired of that. And I was like, wait, I've already been doing this work with Kaiser. We just cannot be quarterly anymore. This has to be Kaiser Studio, you know? And so it's just, I think that is also the beauty of being present because it's like, okay, this is where we are right now. Does this make sense? And, and I know that's sometimes difficult to ask yourself, especially when you manage yourself and you run an entire company. It's like, wait, who's going to hold me accountable, right? <laughs> right, exactly. And I, I love that you're bringing this up because design is definitely a topic I definitely want to touch more on, you know, in, in future, you know, in future podcasts and just future talks. Because what I've noticed, you know, with design, it's either extremely political, especially when you add in, you know, many of the things that we're going through, like, you know, economic issues, socioeconomics, you know, so a lot of it, you know, is, or people look at design solely just from, oh, I'm going to beautify my home. I'm going to add these plants or I'm going to paint my wall. So what would you say if, if you, you know, if you, if you can give up your perspective, I definitely want your opinion on this of integrating, you know, integrating the two, because like you said, design is looked at, you know, you can, you look at it from architectural interior and all these other aspects. So how does that influence your work or what, just what's your general view on that? You know, I, so thinking about, design and how it influenced my work I I think like design design and inclusion are the foundations of all the work that I do um, uh, and when I think about design you know I also like to think about design in a pretty abstract way in a yes. sense of uh, even thinking about how you are crafting a conversation you know it's like how are you designing this conversation you know how are you designing this inclusive narrative right in your editorial content you know and I think that design is really powerful you know and it's also sure. it's also really important and I do not think that we have the space to properly even start you know asking ourselves well what is design you know I do not think those spaces are available because you know you know the whole like you know cash rules everything around me it's like design rules everything around me you know yes. <laughs> <laughs> design rules everything around me and here we are and here we are like how are we going to design its future, right? What does that look like? Exactly. Like, how are we going to design it for, you know, like you said, to include these in, in inclusive spaces, how to get more people that feel like, oh, well, I have nothing to do with design, you know, but everyone has a 
everyone is included in design. Hell, you know, just you putting a plan in your window is design or something that better your well-being and improve your well-being is design. So I'm definitely glad that you um, that you brought this up and how you, you know, integrate these concepts into your work and how it influences you. And something else, um, I don't know if you had any more that you wanted to say on that, because I could talk about this, you know, for the rest of the day. <laughs> so I definitely don't want to keep you, you know, with all of that. But um, something else, you know, I, you did, you also, you also mentioned um, an alphabetical order. And that was something else. I, I love music. Many people that listen know I, I love going to shows. I was, you know, in band back in middle school. And just music has always been a staple in my life for healing, relaxation, to let aggressions out. It's just been a staple of my life. So what inspired you to, you know, to add on alphabetical order, you know, with everything else that you, you know, you have happening? Yeah, so I, it, you know, divine intervention. <laughs> that is, that is honestly all that I can really say about that. It started off as, you know, just a, a collaboration with So Far Sounds. Um, uh, so Far Sounds like this global platform of like intimate concerts and shows. Um, uh, and so, yeah, started off just like a collaboration with them about, you know, us just featuring, you know, um, their musicians every month, you know, anyone who was interested in being featured who was playing a show in Chicago. Um, uh, in the first two months, we were just like, you know, let's like solely focus on, you know, women and femme-identified folks. And uh, we just got so much of a hit. And I was like, well, let's do everybody. You know, I was like, let's just take it up a notch, right? And it honestly became very overwhelming um, uh, because we were getting like 80 people reaching out to us like every month. And I was like, wait this is a lot of people who want to be featured. <laughs> and I don't know if I have the capacity for this. Um, or, but then also the capacity to put all of this music content in the publication that is supposed to be well curated. You know, so a mixture of contemporary art, music, fashion, and film. And 95% of our content looks like music. I was like, we need a separate room for this. And I was up in Madison, Wisconsin, you know, visiting my godparents. And I was on the phone with Kaylee Roth, you know, um, a partner and director of design. And I was like, we need to build out a separate music thing, you know, that's attached to off kilter. And I was like, yeah, let's call it. And I was like, okay, this is what we're going to do. So thinking about design, right? I was like, okay, everybody's going to be in alphabetical order. And, you know, because I do not want to make this hierarchy present. And I was like, you know what, actually, let's call it alphabetical order to really just give the girls, you know, what they need. And here we are. <laughs> here we are. Here we are. Okay. Like, almost six months later, alphabetical order is in full effect. Wow, that is certainly, that is incredible. Because I I was looking over alphabetical order these last couple of weeks, and I was just very, you know, impressed, especially since it was a, you know, since music's been a big staple of my life, and just the images and everything that you've, you've captured with that is definitely really amazing work. And again, everyone, there will be links where you can access 
all of his work um, with this. It's really amazing. And we need more of this. We definitely need more, you know, integration, you know, more, you know, more integration. Everything right now has been so separate. And I think that especially during this time that we're going through, in society in general, we definitely need to continue to break down the walls and bridge the gap and realize that everything that we do is connected. Everything we do. Um, that's why many times, you know, I have the topics here that I do. I cover the people that I do because we all, you know, have a story and we're all unique individuals doing, you know, great things. Even if you don't see it within yourselves, you are great and you, you have the potential to be great, you know, and just hearing the, you know, just sometimes all of us sharing our stories, being authentic, you know, seeing how everyone else kind of integrates certain things or apply certain principles and just certain things in their lives, you know, helps them. And so I always ask everyone this, uh, Felton, you, you, you've done all of these things and, you know, it, you know, for the most part you've had, you know, you've had many issues, you know, in your life, but, would you say in general that all of these outlets and I understand how you feel sometimes about the Instagrams and just developing so many platforms, but at the end of the day, you will probably agree that it's nothing more rewarding than what you're, you're doing right now. Even if it seems like you, it's overwhelming and you have many platforms, it's probably very rewarding, you know, for you. And has it, would you say all of this has helped you personally in your healing as well as it helping everyone else? Yes, I would. It the work I do is very, um, it's a lot. You know, it's a lot of work, and you know, it's 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 a lot of work to, you know, work for the community. Um, uh, there's a lot of learning that has to occur. You know, um, uh, there's always something, you know, that is brought to my attention. Um, uh, that I have to course correct on. Um, but also just personal growth, right? It's like but when you set up, you know, a foundation on like true inclusion and not solely diversity, it's, it's always going to be a lot, right? But this is also the job that I signed up for. And it's a job that I am grateful and very privileged to have. You know, it's like, and uh, I mean, I, I know right i know how important a representation is and uh and i think that no i don't think i know that a lot of people you know think of representation as this kind of frivolous thing right it's like yeah yeah we need representation but they're not actually thinking about you know like the true impact of representation and that's the thing and that's the thing that you know, I am really, really, like, passionate about and, uh, you know, something that I'm always trying to make sure that we have more of, right? It's like three options are not enough. Like, like that's not enough. And it's like we should always have more options. And I think that we should always want more options. You know, it's like, like what, why? you know, is seeking representation such, you know, a revolutionary act. Why is that? Right. 
And I think that's, you know, that is something that a lot of us, you know, do need to ponder a little more and really, you know, really think about. I'm, I'm certainly in agreement, you know, with you. And would you say, would you say anything else about your, your work? And now you, I know you also work with other brands. How do you apply, because we all know many, of course, a lot of, you know, these commercialized brands, they're out, you know, for, you know, they're out for money. Many people are, you know, woke up, but do you choose, do you choose carefully the brands uh, that you work with, especially the more mainstream brands uh, that we've seen you work with? And how do you apply, you know, what seems like, you know, more of your holistic, you know, artistry to these more commercialized mainstream brands? And have you ever had a moment where maybe a certain brand reach out to you, but you didn't agree with their principles or maybe how they do things, you know, with, you know, with maybe their staff or just little examples like that? You know, I, fortunately, wait, I did not bring some wood. I fortunately have never had to encounter, you know, like sharing space of working with the brand, you know, who's like message, messages I did not, you know, cool. um, agree with. Um, I do think a big part of that, well, part of that is due to just like my management. <laughs> um, oh, much wonderful. Love, much love to Mama Do. <laughs> yes, yeah, shout out to uh, your management. <laughs> yeah, um, but also I think a big part of it is like I'm very vocal about who I am and what I believe in and what I stand for. Um, it's like you, you, you see the work, you know, and you see what I'm about right um uh, and i think a lot of people even see that but so i don't know if i can say the name of the brand due to an nda that i signed but i did a work for this major brand and you know when i received the briefings for it i was like hey i want you know i have a few questions and one of the questions was can i do some gay shit and <laughs> <laughs> i was like i need to know because i'm like you know yes it is a really cute check that's attached to this, but like, do I have any limitations? Because I need to know that before I go any further with this. And it was like, yeah, you know, just do whatever you want to do. I'm like, great, gay oh. shit it is. <laughs> yes. And, uh, and, you know, I am also very grateful, but, you know, being someone who has created their own room, I mean, like, I. I'm the one in charge, you know, I'm the one who's creating these ideas, creating these projects and seeing them come to life. So it's like, I am not doing a lot of work for other people, or at least in a sense of, you know, hey, we want you to do this thing. A lot of times if I do, it is a collaboration, but, you know, people center themselves before coming to me. Um, uh, which I'm very grateful for. However, I do think that, you know, I'm my, my inbox is not always booming, but when it does, you know, I'm never saying no, because I just feel like the people are doing the work themselves to really see the work that I'm doing, you know, and not approaching me with any dumb shit because right. I, I'm not doing it, you know, and I'm not standing for it. And uh, yeah, so I am also very grateful that people don't come to me, come to me with dumb shit because I don't have the capacity for it. I'm busy. Yes. 
Yes, no, I, I know the feeling. I definitely, I wanted to just ask you about that. Like, you know, I wonder how he does this. He works with, a, you know, a lot of, I won't bring up the brands either, but, you know, I was like, wow, he works with a lot of brands, you know, definitely want to ask him how, how, the, how those experiences for him and how does he, you know, pick and choose which one, you know, that you, you know, you work with. And that, you know, that definitely shows that, you know, you definitely, yeah, the check may look nice, but not every check is a good check. I mean, it may seem like it is, but, you know, you some know, of the things, you know, you have to do or, you know, or you, or you can't do, you know, it's a lot of ties to that money. And, uh, and yes, you, not every check is a good check. And I also had to realize that very early on. It's like, you know, do I have to sell any parts of myself to receive this check? Right. And if that's the case, then it's it, like, you know, like, am, am I for sale? Is this check, you know, like, you know, high enough, right? I'm a, like, is, is this what I'm worth? You know, am I worth this check? Or do I need more money, you know, to sell a piece of myself, right? And uh, those are, you know, I feel like the only questions that, you know, that we can answer ourselves. Um, um, but, you know, that's just kind of where, and it's like, yes, you know, I, I, and I do think it is really difficult, especially being, you know, like a, a bit younger as a creative person and you just see like these beautiful checks being thrown your way. But it's like, how much autonomy are you actually going to have over this project? You know, are, are you actually going to, like, are they actually coming for you? You know, and what in your skills and what you bring to a project or are they just, trying to grab some random folks and just throw checks at them, right? And right. so it's it's really important, but I also understand that like people need money. You know, it's like the like it's 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 hard. You know, even before COVID, like it is mm -hmm. difficult to try to get money. Yeah. Um especially being freelance and because companies want to just like lowball you. They just want, it's all these games and the fucking like net 30s and the net 60s. Why is it taking yes. me 60 business days to pay me? Can't you just Venmo me right now? Right. <laughs> I know, right. Like stop playing with me. We have the technology yes. in place. We have the technology in place. Right. And that? yes. And you're seeing so much of that on, especially what, and especially y'all want you to maybe, you know, if, you know, what would you say to those right now? Because right now, many artists, especially black queer artists find that they're getting exploited and they're fighting back. Many white people right now are like, they want to be more, they want to feel more empowered. Um, and they want, you know, they want to be, and I put in quote, educated, but they want to do this off of our experiences and off of our time and labor. I see many of my artist friends, more of my creative friends, you know, really complaining about that and, you know, getting upset. Everyone's been sharing their demos, their cash apps and doing different campaigns. What would you say, you know, what message would you give them to ensuring that they, you know, that they do get paid, that they don't have to, you know, go through, well, what they usually get, like, oh, well, you'll get exposure, or yeah, we'll definitely, or, or like you said, they'll lowball them. What advice do you have as, uh, as your, you know, as a creator um, to you know, them regarding, you know, what's happening right now in the artist, the black, especially in the black queer artist climate? 
you know, I it's that is a complicated question. Um, uh, however, I think that it's really important for people to ask themselves: Is this worth it? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you know, okay, cool. Somebody reached out to me. They want me to do this thing. They only have two hundred dollars. How much work am I going to have to do? You know, like it's like, is this worth it? Do I need this two hundred dollars? You know, like, do I feel like I'm doing a lot more work? You know, for this two hundred dollars and. Uh, you know, because I also want to be very real and upfront. It's like, you know, sometimes like you, you may just really need that two hundred dollars and you right. have to do that thing. And that is also nothing to like be, you know, shame. Like there's nothing to right. shame anyone right. for needing two hundred dollars. But also the person like actually, I need more than this two hundred dollars. Or it's mm-hmm. like I would do the two hundred dollars. I need you to pay for my transportation there and back and give me food. You know, right. it's like being able to really acknowledge, like, what do you need? Like, what do you need in this moment? And that is, you know, I feel like that is what I would just tell people. Um, uh, yeah, because it's, and I feel like, you know, as, as we continue to, you know, navigate the world, you know, we find it a bit easier of having conversations around money. Um, but then also understanding that money is not the only form of currency. Mm-hmm. And that's also really important to understand, especially in times like this. It's like, well, let's say you want me to take photos of you, you know, like an hour session. I'm like, great. Well, can you come paint my room for me for an hour? Right. You know, yeah. Bartering. It's like, yeah. Exactly. Right. So I'm like, you know dollar bills or you know cash app you know requests aren't the only form of payment you know um it's a service you know like services are amazing you know i was a perfect example a friend of mine called me like a dear friend of mine was like hey you know i'm trying to do some more speaking things and you know more you know stuff just on zoom and stuff and i don't have any nice photos of me you know like i want to commission you to take photos of me and i was like you know i don't feel comfortable taking your money but also know you don't have a lot of money. And I'm like, I'm expensive. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm, I'm yeah. expensive and I know this. <laughs> I was like, you know, like I know you pretty well and I know that, you know, like I, like what you would, would be paying me would be, you know, a decent amount of money for you. And so I was like, you know, how about, you know, and, you know, and my friend, you know, like he runs this clothing brand called Progression based in Chicago. I was like, how about you just like, you know, make me like four custom items. And I was like, you know, that right there works for me. Because I'm like, I would probably buy them anyway from you. Right, right. So, yeah, let's just do that. And here we are. Right, and that's definitely great advice and great insight, you know, with this. Because I know it was a period of time where bartering had definitely saved my life. And it definitely helped me out tremendously. And I was still able to get, you know, I was blessed to be able to get the things that I, you know, I needed. um, Especially during uh, this particular time. So you're definitely right about bartering. And, you know, and do you have anything else that you would like to add to, you know, like to add to everything that you've been doing, you know, any advice? that you have for you know people that maybe you know maybe struggling with their creation right now or they may be struggling you know especially during this time of the pandemic and you know all the civil unrest and everything that's going on yeah you know I really want to stress 
the importance of trying to trying to be present um, as much as possible. And, you know, and I would just like to leave everyone with something that Tracy Ellis Ross said in an interview like a few weeks ago. Um, she would say, you know, what other people think of me is none of my business. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, what I think of myself sometimes is also none of my business. I was like, all right. And that yes. right there is a word. That is a word. It that, is. And uh, that that's the tweet. You know, that is the tweet <laughs> right there. That's the tweet. It is. You should put it all out and just share it. I mean, that's, I mean, hell, not only is that the word, that, that can be the whole damn book. <laughs> so. Hello, that is the book, okay? Like, uh, the end. <laughs> the end. Right. And Felton, thank you so much for taking some time out, you know, to re- do this interview and to just share your story and share everything you're, you're doing. And everyone, there will be links of, there will be links of everything that Felton, you know, is doing, you know, and you can also add him on, you know, he'll have his social media handles, you know, for you. And it's everything so you can keep up with his amazing work. And everyone, like I always stress, you know, we all have to continue not only to be beacons in our own lives, but because when you're a beacon in your own life and you put that light in yourself, that light goes out to others and it helps others. It's always so random and to me sometimes, but then I realized that I had to be more intentional with how I present myself, you know, in society. We're authentic and that's okay. Not everything's always going to be, you know, super positive, but not everything's also is always going to be, you know, really dark and evil. It's just, you just have to be authentic with, you know, who you are, because when you're a beacon in, you know, when you're a beacon, not only in your own life, that sheds, that spreads out to others and your beacons in everyone else's life. As always, you'll have my contact information there as well. You can email me, definitely get on my email list. I'll have that uh, link uh, below as well. And I hope all of you enjoy the rest of your day. Stay safe and take it easy.